Hello everyone, my name is Eric, and today we're going to be talking about the middle third of the Cincinnati Reds baseball season. And a couple of things I'd like to address really quickly were some non-baseball things. I'll kind of lightly touch on this without going into too much detail, because I think everything that's going to be discussed is very well known. First was the uh, use of Tom Brenneman's anti-homophobic slur. I guess anti-homophobic isn't is a contradiction. I guess it's just homophobic slur. But he was promptly relieved of duty, so that was big news for all the wrong reasons. There was also a couple of players had tested positive for COVID, so they were put on. Uh, they postponed a couple games, and then lastly, there was the uh, after the shooting of Jacob Blake. There was the they shut down the Reds games with the Brewers for a couple series. So. Off the bat, a whole bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with baseball, taking up a whole bunch of headlines for the Reds during the middle third of the season. Now on to the actual important stuff in terms of like what we look at for this podcast is the actual baseball play itself. And spoiler alert, it wasn't very good. Now in our last discussion when we talked about this, I said that the Reds had an opportunity to kind of turn it around. And I guess that's not entirely impossible. Because as it stands right now, the Reds are 18 and 23, which reading the Enquirer today, I noticed that that is the exact same record that they had as of last year. So not much improvement year over year, despite all the offseason transactions and all the midseason transactions as well. That being said, the Reds are only a couple games out of the playoff scenario, which is shocking to me. I'm going to have to look this up. To get specifics, but there are a couple games, especially recently, that the Reds dropped. Uh, they had a four-game series with the Pirates, who were at the bottom of the National League Central. They dropped two of four. Uh, the last one being uh, the prior day that I'm recording this, where they gave up two runs in the bottom of the ninth inning to the Pirates on a walk-off. So, <sighs> very unfortunate because we went over this last time about how. Uh, the back end of the bullpen has been one of the more disappointing aspects of the baseball season, along with some management choices and uh, hitting. I will kind of do the same thing I did last time. Kind of talk about batting and then pitching and then managing. Hitting ain't doing any better than it was before. Total team batting average is 211, which is nine points shorter at 220 when we last talked about this, so they're not hitting very well. They're hitting homers like crazy. Uh, Suarez is now up to uh, Suarez is up to twelve home runs. Holy crap! Uh, Castellanos has twelve. Winker has ten. I guess I just didn't look into Suarez hitting twelve home runs already because he was in such a early season slump. But hey, can't argue that he's now tied with Castellanos for the lead, uh, team lead in home runs and RBIs. Uh, he's also bumped his batting average up to 204. We talked about him last time about how he needs to improve um, to get uh, for this team to do better. And while that has happened, I'll give him some credit on turning his season around to much more respectable numbers. Uh, he is not the only problem. And kind of looking at across the line batting averages, on base percentages aren't too pleasant either. Uh, Joey Votto still leads the team, or I guess he's second on the team at 334. And I've seen a lot of people kind of bashing Joey Votto. I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of comments and stuff he's made revolving Black Lives Matter. Still, have, And Winker's been hitting very well. Uh, since we did our last discussion, Winker is 
knock the hell out of the ball. And I think that's partially due to them getting a whole bunch of more at-bats and consistency. And that's kind of the problem, I think, looking back now, early in the season, when they had so many outfielders because they were working with they had uh, Sinzel and Castellanos, Winker, Akiyama, Philip Irving. Uh, they had Aquino going up and down from the uh, the team up in Mason. So a lot of a lot of it, not a, lot, a whole lot of the bats to go around with so many players, and we'll kind of go a little bit further to that in a second. But uh, overall, the the batting has been very disappointing on a team scale. Uh, very frustrating to see. A lot of times I'll be watching the game. If the starting pitcher has given up a couple runs in the first couple innings, I think to myself, well, this is probably over because their their hitting has been very poor overall in the season, even though they are smashing the hell out of the ball with respect to home runs. Uh, their RBIs uh, as a whole have not. The number of runs batted in is not as high as you would think given the number of home runs that they hit and I think a lot of that's to do with on base percentage of course if you're on base and someone hits a home run right after you you're going to score and so since the team's batting average is so low on base percentage is so low they're at about 3.12 which is 11th in the National League they're not going to score as many runs because people aren't on base when that ball flies over the outfield fence so like in a, in a basic nutshell hitting has continued to be poor despite the home run surge. I did read somewhere that they are project if they were to have extrapolate the season over a full 162 games, they'd set a club record at 253 total home runs for a full year, which is great. Uh, they're hitting home runs at a great rate, but they're just not getting people on base to score those runs. Another issue uh I'm reading this out of the Enquirer to give some credit, is that they are 0-14 when they score two or fewer runs. So those, um, the games when they're not getting a whole lot of run support for the starting pitchers, they're going to more often lose than not. Uh, and then conversely, however, they are 18-9 and when they score more at least three runs. So if you can get men on base and drive them in, Conventional wisdom will tell you our starting pitching is going to do enough to win games. But fortunately, if they're not hitting well, they're not going to rent based on uh, that statistic. So I think I've kind of covered everything I want to do from a hitting or yeah hitting standpoint on the pitching. Now, commented last time about how Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer were killing it, and they're still doing pretty well. ERAs for Bauer and Gray are. 205 and 319 respectively, which are both very, very good. And even Luis Castillo has pulled his ERA down below four. So I kind of commented how he was somebody who needed to kind of pitch better and turn it around. He definitely has, despite his win-loss record. I don't have any numbers on me in terms of what his run support is, but every time I watch Castillo pitch, if he gives up a couple runs, I feel like it's, it's over. Like I said, they're not scoring the runs that they need to to – uh, kind of compete in that game. But I think he's pitching a lot better. Um, Tyler Malley has been very surprising. His ERA is comparable with Castillo's. So he's been pitching very well. And, and Di Scafani, who I thought would have would have had a good year, has uh, dipped, and his ERA now is above seven. So very frustrating on the starting pitching standpoint, an area that had done very well overall uh, in the first 
third of the season. Moving on to closing pitching in the bullpen is still just awful. Robert Stevenson came back off the DL, and he's giving up runs left and right. I think they ended up giving up on Jose De Leon dropped him to the uh, – I think he's on the Mason team now. Uh, Rysel Iglesias just gave up another closed um, – or another blown save on Sunday. Lorenzen has pulled his ERA back to something more fair and comparable at 4.66. So he's pitched a lot better lately. Amir Garrett has been well. Lucas Sims has been well. But other than those two players that I just mentioned – uh, the whole, the rest of the bullpen still continues to struggle, so that's very frustrating. Um, and I think I saw I saw a graphic somewhere that kind of illustrates the red season. That being uh, that if you click on it's like a it's like a three way switch kind of thing. If you select good pit starting pitching, then the hitting and bullpen go away. If you click off to uh, good bullpen, the other two reset and so on and so forth. I think that was a very apt analogy of how our season's been so far. All right, so that kind of covers the basic pitching. Starting pitchers still overall do okay. Back end bullpen uh, still struggling. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any changes from. I mean, we could talk about the managing style of David Bell. I did see an article somewhere posted about him maybe being on the hot seat. We'll kind of just uh, save that. Uh, discussion for when we look over the last end of the season because obviously they're not going to make any changes now with 20 games left. Uh, and if they do, I would be extremely shocked to see that kind of change. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to talk about a game that's typically 160 games a year and, you know, push down to just 60 and then kind of talk about everything as it's like the same because it's really not every game in this season is essentially two and a half compared to a regular season. So when they drop a close game, it weighs more now than it would in the prior year because you drop non-important game in August or September, you know, there's, they play 162 for a reason. So it's not the end of the world, but now it's like, okay, that sets us back so much further blowing games they don't need the blow. Uh, so on a management standpoint, that's still frustrating. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back on this on the when we review the end of the season and the overall uh, situation there. And we'll like to talk about uh, wild card and kind of looking forward towards the end of the year. There's a lot to talk about with that. I guess before I go any further, I would like to comment uh, in terms of like upper management and things that the team has done. I really, really really appreciate the fact that they went and they bought at the uh, trade deadline. I guess I should have spoken that at the beginning. But the Reds made a couple moves I think are, are winning mentality moves instead of like reverting back to, okay, we got to sell everybody. Because that was the biggest gripe with the Brian Price era for me personally is watching them just trade away all of our good players, get nobody back in return, and just be content with losing because that frustrated the hell out of me. Uh, hang on, I got to find the moves that we made. Wikipedia doesn't have what I'm looking for, so I got I to gotta go and I got to find it. All right, so the first move that they made, or one of the moves that they made was they traded for Brian Goodwin 
uh, from Los Angeles Angels. He was traded for, I don't even know these dudes. So I guess they just traded some uh, minor leaguers for Brian Goodwin, which is all fine and dandy. And then they also traded for a pitcher. I guess it was, I guess it was Brooks Raley is the name of the... They made actually a couple transactions. I think some of them were under the, under the radar because I know that the Brooks Raley and the Brian Goodwin transactions came the last day of the trade deadline. Oh, they also acquired Archie Bradley for uh, Josh Van Meter, who was an infielder who played pretty well last year. But sucks to see him go. But I appreciate the moves uh, to bring in. I really appreciate the win-now mentality moves of bringing in and buying at the deadline because, like I said so many times in the past, traded away. But they're they're really committed this year, and I think it shows to trying to win. Just because you know management and bullpen issues have kind of skewered that, that doesn't take away from the fact that they really are trying to put the best team out there on the field that they can. A lot of people are going to make comments about getting rid of Votto and whatever, and Votto is definitely not the problem here. Uh, just like how Andy Dalton wasn't the problem with the football team last year. Uh, moving him or trading him or benching him isn't going to solve the problem. It's not Joey Votto's fault when, you know, they give up a whole bunch of runs in the bottom of the ninth to blow a save. So just to kind of finish off on that, uh, really like the moves. Uh, now looking forward to the schedule, currently the Reds sit at, like I mentioned, 18 and 23 with about 19 games left in the year. They are currently only four games back of a wild card. So it's not entirely impossible that the Reds don't get lucky and go on a nice little run and end up earning a wild card spot, which would be great because that's really expanded in for the this current year, given all the shutdown and everything. And if you look at the schedule, I think it's while it's you know optim- I'm being optimistic and hopeful, they do have a tough road ahead because the first three games that they have coming out of the break, three against the Cubs who are playing great. They're playing three against the Cardinals. So they're playing the top two teams in the Central right off the bat after the third of the season ends. And they got four with the Pirates, a team they just split two and two with. Uh, That will be home, though, so maybe that'll help. They got three against the White Sox. White Sox are first in their division. Okay, so that's going to be tough. Uh, They got the Brewers for three, which are right above us, and they finish off with the Twins, who uh, sit in the middle of their division with a winning record still in the playoff hunt. Only one game back of the White Sox for the division. That's a very competitive. I was not expecting the uh, AL Central to be as tight coming down the stretch as uh, any other division. But that doesn't mean that the Reds can't get lucky and kind of put everything together. I'm still hopeful and optimistic. They're making moves. I know the team is personally frustrated with uh, the losses, but they're making efforts to win. They're taking steps in the right direction to win. We haven't seen that in the last six or seven years before, after letting Dusty Baker uh, leave. So I'm happy with what the direction that they're going. And I I think hopefully they can string together some nice uh, wins towards the end of the year. Hopefully grab a playoff spot. I think the division is not unreachable because they're only five games back from the Cubs. They have the Cubs actually have an inverse record from us because they're 23 and 18 while we're 18 and 23. So it's not entirely impossible that, they can't catch up. They can get lucky, maybe sweep. The Pirates would be helped taking two or three of the Cubs, two or three from the Cardinals, taking you know two or three from the White Sox because most of these games are at home. They have to go to Chicago for three, go to the Cardinals for three, but then they're home for 
the Red, uh, the Pirates games, home for White Sox, home for the Brewers before finishing up at Minnesota. So I'm very hopeful and optimistic they can pull away with a winning record out of the homestand, the big homestand, maybe kind of transition and turn that into a wild card spot. Uh, just as long as they can, hopefully they get their hitting together. Uh, maybe uh, David Bell can get some right lineups going. Maybe they can get hot. Their starting pitching still pretty good. Maybe the bullpen can get it figured out. Last 20 games in the year. It's definitely not impossible. Um, all hopes is they can turn it around for a good stretch for the end of the year. So that's basically all we had. This was kind of a quick episode, just kind of one of the touch base, but we'll go into greater detail towards the end of the year and I'll go into much further analysis then. Just, I think they'll do good, but we'll see. Uh, That wraps everything up. You guys have a good uh, rest of your week.